What's up, everybody? This is Moonshine Mark with the Shotgun Mulligan Podcast. Sitting here with my boys, CC Stats and Trackman. What's up, fellas? How we doing? What's up, Moonshine? Trackman. New week. Still a big winner. Trackman still winning the cache. Yeah, when are you going to send us some of that money over here, yeah. Trackman? When are you going to send us your picks, like your side picks? Can we get some of that? Hey. Well, you know, when you guys start having some multi-millers. So that's what you're drinking, obviously. Man. Oh, very interesting. Then maybe, maybe I'll send you some picks. What you got there, Moonshine? I'm going to save mine for last tonight. What do you think? Bourbon, a little nip. little nip of the bourbon. You guys ready for this? I'm oh, I know the, what I'm he's about to say. Oh, look, I had to keep it cold because I didn't know how long we were going to be. Ooh, bells. Ooh, no. Fairwinds. Little little Fairwinds anniversary ale. I thought it was a oh, it was a good day to bust out some 2018 anniversary ale. Ready for this? All right. At... A good sound. <laughs> well, not for <laughs> us. It. We didn't even hear yeah. it. But good for I you. Tried, for I hearing. tried to pull in the sound effect there. Yeah. So Trackman sent me an interesting video uh, lead up into the pod. I hate to bring up Bryson every single week, but I don't know if the listeners saw this video, but there was a ridiculous video. Golf.com puts out Bryson, the things at his home club. We got all these people around him trying out his new driver, just banging out a drive, acting like a like he's all sauced up on something. What do y'all would y'all see that? I saw it. I actually didn't see it till about a half hour ago, 45 minutes ago. Like, what is wrong with him? Like, who cares? I'm just over it. I'm over him. I'm over him trying to muscle everything down the fairway. He's I'm just done. Like, nobody cares anymore. I thought the I thought the video I sent you guys earlier today of uh Ian Poulter um swinging the medicine ball and he comes out saying i'm ready to hit i'm ready to lift 600 pounds and hit 700 yard drives i thought that was classic so because obviously he doesn't give a shit either so i'm wondering if poulter got the video of bryson before it went out um when he posted that because i was laughing my face off when he threw that medicine ball in he's like <laughs> kissing his muscles saying like oh 700 swing speed i was I love seeing it first. I wish I saw it after because Bryson, like he almost fell off the tee box swinging. Like it was the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever seen on a golf course. And if, if he thinks it's going to work at the masters, I mean, he's lucky people aren't there to chirp him on every, like, can you imagine him swinging that hard out of his shoes to fall almost like step off five paces and think that he is doing something productive. I don't think so. It's ridiculous. I and think you guys, you guys don't think that they're gonna that the superintendents aren't gonna strategize the course for him. I mean, they're gonna put in some. I don't think there's gonna be all these gaps that he thinks he's gonna hit it over all these trees to the fairways. I mean, kudos to him if he can. But I just don't think this theory is gonna work at Augusta. I mean. You have you have all these bombers that go there and they don't do anything ridiculous that he's claiming that he's going to do. I mean, Brooks can mash the ball, Tiger can mash the ball back in his day, still can hit it far. But 
I, I, I don't buy it. I'm tired of his. I'm tired of it, man. I, I can't wait till he fails. And, you know, kudos to him if he doesn't fail. But I, I just see this is this isn't going to work out. The Masters. He had the game for the U.S. Open, but I don't. I don't think it's going to work in Augusta. I saw. I saw something a couple of weeks ago that. Um, and I don't. I don't know. I never saw the article, but there was something a few weeks ago about how. There was rumblings on how Augusta might try to, try to Bryson proof the course. I don't know if there's any validity to that. Obviously, they didn't they didn't uh, extend 13 uh, back like they had thought they were, everybody thought they were when they bought the new property. But again, I'm going to stick to what I said a few weeks ago. Unless he can master the short game and master those greens, he's not going to win. I was watching, you know, me my my daily fix of watching some Masters on YouTube. And they were talking about number one and the undulating greens and how undulating number one is. You don't get off to a good start there. It kind of affects you. I mean, TrackMan seen it up close and personal. I mean, those greens are that's that's what levels the playing field there. I mean, we've seen guys hit it far, but if you don't have the short game to do it, I, I just. I, but I'm over him. Like I'm over everything that he's done and doing. Yeah, it's a, I, yeah. Sorry. Um, I just, I mean, like proof in the course, whatever. I, I just don't, how long can you practice with a, do you need with a 48 inch driver before you can put it in play? I mean, is he just, is it in his hands now and he, it's going to take a few weeks and he thinks he's going to be fine. Great. Good for him. This isn't that type of course, man, like do your thing, but I'm curious of their outlook when you look through the course on every hole where you think that ball is going to go if it's in play or miss, you know, they have to account for those misses. So your miss with your new drive, can you really predict where that's actually going to be? I can't speak for that because I'm a 10 plus handicap, 15, 20, 25, depending on the day, who knows. But um, that's my question is like, you go out with a new driver, you've practiced for a few weeks and you think you're going to bomb it down there because you're just going to go wedge in and putt, not at the Masters. Well, he doesn't have the short game for Augusta either. I mean, him and his awkward same same size wedges and all that. I mean, he could get up there with his full pitch shots, you know, at the U.S. Open, and he, he putted well, thankfully, um, to his credit at the U.S. Open. But he doesn't have the short game that Tiger has, that all these – prior champions at the masters have i mean when spieth wanted his short game was was you know phenomenal he's hitting 30 you know foot putts and plus when he's won those majors and and i, I just don't see bryson pulling that off i, I just don't think it's going to happen so oh no go no go ahead please no i don't know if you guys saw last week uh he posted a picture too um posted a picture on Instagram because first time over 400 yards carry, not even the 48 inch driver. Like why, why? I mean, yeah, we're all talking about it, but I don't know. The whole... I, I'm done talking about it. I was actually, before you said that, I'm glad that I'm glad you brought it up, but we don't even need to make that a topic of conversation because uh, what it does piggyback into piggyback, piggyback, piggyback yeah, is, um, is, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to like jump into it right now with predictions, but just like off the, off the cuff a little bit. Um, I think 
I'll just throw this out there. We can we can move on, but I think Shoffley and Cantley have uh, a legitimate chance at a Masters win this year. When they were both there last year, yeah, yeah they, they, were, they both were in the mix, right? I mean, we're sitting we're sitting greenside on fourteen, and we had no idea no idea what was going on because you can't have your phones on the course. And next thing you know, we look up to the next hole and look at the leaderboard, and we're like, "Holy cow, Cantley's made a charge, and he's tied for the lead, and Shoffley's tied for the lead." Uh, yeah, you know. and with you guys being there, you didn't see that. But when I'm watching it at home, watching Tiger, and then I see Cantlay just railing off all these birdies, like he's just draining birdie after birdie. I think it was, you know, two out of three holes or something. He made a little run there for a second, and then he fell off. But, but yeah, I, I, I totally agree that Xander and Cantley have the type of game that can win at Augusta. So I, I think that's a, a pretty solid pre-pick. I think I've picked Xander and Cantley at – you know, I think last year in some of my pools, uh, we, we won't be able, we won't probably won't be able to do that in DraftKings. Um, it's going to be a little too expensive, I think, to pick both. Um, but we can talk about that on a different pod. Well, I, I mean, you, talk. I mean, as long if you pick Danny Lee, then you can totally afford both of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think well, go for it, bud. I think uh, this will be a topic in a couple of weeks. Not where he finishes at the top. How low does he finish? You know, where do we kind of? That'll be a good topic of conversation here in about a week and a half. We're, 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 man, I just got myself excited to talk about it. But real quick, where do you think Tiger – how do you think Tiger's going to go into Augusta this this year? Well, he's not playing next week, so we know that now. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean – You can't count him out ever. No, why would you? I mean, he's, he's, he's freaking Tiger Woods. He won. He's the defending champ. He's going like to be. CC, it's like CC stats at Penderbrook in the rain, right. baby. He's going to come in juiced. He gets to have host the champions dinner. I mean, he's probably going to go out and play in the next week. I would bet and get a practice round in there. You know, doing a couple nines. I, I would put him up there. I mean, I think you have to. I mean, the guys won there five times amidst everything over the past five or six years. Why wouldn't you? I get if off the plane. If you don't, you're stupid. I'd get off the plane in my green jacket and just walk right in there and say, thanks boys. Everybody that says when he walk, yeah, that when he walks um, like on the, on the putting green, he doesn't give anybody a look. He just walks straight out there. He gets into his game. It's like, that's his spot. So he's always going to be up there, but um, I don't know, Mark, I don't you didn't well, get and, and no, but. and no one knows how much he's been practicing at Augusta. No one knows his focus for Augusta right now. No one knows what he's been doing at home and what he's been doing, you know, just game-wise, swing-wise, preparing for Augusta. I mean, yeah, we've seen him. He hasn't been up to his best stuff the last few weeks, which is a little concerning going into Augusta, but because he's usually one of those momentum-type golfers that kind of thrives off of that and plays well. Like, he'll start – he'll do, like, a top 25, a top 10, and then he gets a win. But it's Tiger Woods, I mean – I agree with both you guys. You can never count him out at Augusta. Well, and and to jump in there as well is I think he hasn't had, you know, the best finishes the last couple of weeks, but um, he it looks like he's been practicing those shots that we brought up. Um, uh-oh. Mr. Moonshine's having a little moonshine. That's Pulling what I like to refill. see. A refill. Well, well, speaking of the Masters boys, and again, we had a little video going out on um, the old Instagram stats brings up a little 
kind of a combination between some of our favorite pastimes. We got the Masters and College Game Day coming together on Masters Saturday. What are we feeling about that? Go ahead, track man. You can kick it hot, off. Hot take alert. Who the hell cares? Why would you? What What does game day have to do it? Don't get me wrong. Let's get more viewers. Whatever. It, don't bring that to the Masters. Bring that oh, to the players. I like championship. it. Bring that to. That's fine. You can like it. I don't. And you said that in your text message earlier. Moonshine and I are gonna like it. Game day at Augusta. What? Why? I mean, it's not like there's fans out there with signs. That's what game days of the college game days about when they're all the signs out and the college kids and a cool, you know, great game ready to go. So it's just going to be these guys out there to get viewers. Perfect. I they're already going to get their viewers. It's Augusta. It. I mean, on, you, you got some, you had a big game that night. I mean, yeah, they could be at LSU or Alabama LSU, which Alabama's probably going to roll all over them. I don't know. I kind of like it. I mean, yeah, there's no fans there, so it's not the typical game day. They're, I think it's cool. They're going to – I don't know if you guys saw. They're going to do it um, overlooking the ninth uh, – I guess the ninth green or ninth tee box. I think they're going to set up on the ninth tee box over Ike's Pond on the par three course since there's no par three tournament this year. I don't know. It would be kind of cool. I mean, I'm sure that – I don't know if any players will come by because they'll all be playing – um i don't know just something different and i think it does bring viewership obviously to the masters it's you got to remember too we weren't supposed to have a fall masters ever in our lifetime and look now we have a fall masters so something different i like it i think it's it'll i think it will be it'll generate buzz i mean espn has the first two rounds they're going to promote the living hell out of it there'll be a nice buzz going about it i I don't know. I think it's going to be, it'll be interesting. And I don't think you'll ever see it again. And it's, so I feel like it goes along with their online shop. Like they're just trying to get as many people to come in there and spend the cash. And But the online shop is only, there's a caveat to that. The online shop is only for those people that had tickets for 2020. Oh, okay. I thought it, I thought it was no. Was, well, that's a good thing because I was about to spend a thousand dollars. So <laughs> me, you, Moonshine, be broke. Yeah, that's, that's, the tournament even started. We wouldn't be go, we wouldn't be going to Myrtle Beach. Yeah, no, <laughs> that deposit would be gone. Yeah. Next day delivery. I wanted to be wearing it by Friday, you know. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just think the game day thing is kind of a gimmick. I, I, you know, it'd be one thing if there were fans which I think would be cool if there were Masters fans on the grounds and game day was out there and you'd see some of these like crazy you know, signs. Well, maybe not even the signs, but just like a different atmosphere, like golfers in their polos and their, the donkeys wearing their golf shoes or they're not wearing their golf shoes, but no, they're they back to, there. Like if, if they do it, they need to do it across the street at the strip mall. Yeah. At the, what the, the Walgreens or whatever's over there um but yeah i don't know i mean don't get me wrong grow the game let's let's bring more viewers but i don't think the masters needs more viewers uh especially with four guys that on the game day panel that are, they they're not gonna know anything about golf like, not, that they, not that they need to they're talking football but it's just it's just for the masters it's weird to me that's all 
I mean, coming from a guy that loves college game day, loves the Masters, I actually don't really like it either. I'm kind of on track man side. I just think it's kind of strange. I mean, I appreciate them trying to like do something, but on the other term, it's like when has Augusta ever tried to be trendy? And it, I don't know. It's it's a historic, you know, tournament. You got all this history. You have all this tradition. It's messing with tradition, and that's. And I'm not trying to be like old man golf or anything because I'm totally up for for uh for new stuff but not at the masters the masters is kind of that cherished like your grandpa watched the masters your dad watched the masters it's the same masters so it just kind of throws me off i mean i I, and it's weird because i love college game day like i couldn't like that's one of my things getting up on a saturday maybe watching college game day throwing on some football and then maybe getting into some golf in the afternoon but I, i can't i can't get into it i don't know so I, I will be quick here. I'm just very surprised that Mr. Stats, Mr. CC Stats is on board with this being the traditionalist that he is. I didn't think that he would even want anybody who didn't care about uh, Augusta National to even, I mean, they got to roll out. You think about the crews that don't care about that course that have to roll out and put all the production stuff out there. What crews? You know? what, what crew? No, they're all going to be there Thursday and Friday. ESPN's there Thursday and Friday. Here's the, here's the thing. I think, listen, I went 10 years ago or 11 years ago to the Masters. They had this smallish tent, not tent, building. For all, what they've done, what you and I saw last year, it's like fucking Disney World. I mean, it's truly like Disney World. If you got your phone in your pocket and you think you're going to sneak it in, good luck. Like, take it over there, lock it up. You're not bringing your phone in. I mean, all the things they do are... <laughs> All the things that they do, you expect. This is something that you wouldn't expect. It's a fall masters. There's no fans. They can have those four guys come in. You know, I don't think they're using any more people than you need to. I just, and I think you have a new president too. Fred Ridley's the president now. And I think what he's shown over the past year and a half or so, two years is He's trying to change things. I'm not saying he's trying to bring in people from the outside into the course and do something different. Like, I just think it's unique. And I think that I don't, I don't think you'll ever see it happen again. I mean, could you imagine a college game day there with fans? No way in hell. I just, well, think, that's I the only time I would want to see it. I wouldn't even want to, I'm, I hope it doesn't happen again because it, this is against everything that I, I, I that, uh, that the masters put out there. Why are you going to roll in a uh, 18 wheeler, roll it out there? Sure. ESPN's going to be out there anyway. I don't care, but this is like, it's, it's too prestigious, man. Like, right. I mean, it, have it at a different tournament. I mean, stats talks about how it was Disney world. I mean, they're going to turn it into Chuck E. Cheese out there. I mean, you got Corso throwing on the head. I mean, what's he going to put a little big dick tiger woods on his head? I mean, come on, like seriously. Yeah. I would do that. They're going to be doing some eating some meat church ribs. Like, well, I mean, it's a strange, I I don't know. I just can't get it through my head. Like Kirk Herb street and all them, like talking about picks. I just, this dude's who the guest picker is going to be. Right. (laughs) It's going to be Pat McAfee and he's going to make a, a, a a scene of it. He's going to pull out like a 56. And I think there will be just some decorum and respect 
I, I truly think they'll you be- need to respect the podcast right now and we're against you i'm done with this conversation <laughs> so, this we, so, we got, so we got another tournament this week you know it's leading up into the masters i mean it's not your most interesting tournament in the world but you know we love golf we love pga we love betting but we love bermuda <laughs> bermuda is beautiful i mean those tournaments are are awesome but um I kind of want to get in y'all's picks. I mean, everybody should listen to Trackman's picks, I guess. Obviously, Trackman's they shouldn't listen to me because um, old Danny Lee <coughs> kind of let me down last week. But uh, Trackman's on a heater. Granted, yeah, yeah start heater. with Trackman. What's your heater. picks, man? All right, man. Well, um, Trackman just threw it in uh, real hot um, probably within the last 15 minutes, I think, when we started the pod. Um, so I got Mr. Haas. Mr. Hoffman, Charlie Hoffman, um, and there's a story behind that. I, I did a, a little Peloton race, and it was uh, Mr. Justin Thomas, uh, Bubba Watson, Charlie Hoffman, Rory. Um, who am I missing? There was one other one, but Rory absolutely Bubba. just – Oh, it was Bubba. Yeah, I smashed Bubba. Bubba probably like got off the bike halfway through because his score was absolutely ridiculous, but – um, he had fish to eat and, you know, probably something along those lines. But Charlie Hoffman threw me off. He beat me. And I thought he was a big old – he was part of my big old boys club, the old Duffner, the the Chaw boys. I thought he was a little bit chunky. Yeah, I did. And I, I thought he was a chubby boy. He smoked me at Charlie Hoffman. Please follow my guy because he is a beast. But, Crushed. Um, oh, man, my picks. This is just so rushed that – so I went Haas, Hoffman, Homa, Redmond, uh, Mr. Vegas, and Aaron Wise. And I might tweak it a little bit, but not by much. I think the only one I might tweak is Max Homa because he's more of a shit talker than both of you guys. So I, I don't know. With the wind in Bermuda, you know, they're all chili dippers on their grass anyway. So we'll figure it out. But, yeah, that's what I got. That's what I got down here. All right, your boy, I told Trackman before we went on here, told him he might be a little surprised with my pick. So I'm going with a guy that's coming off a medical uh, who's only played, I think, in six tournaments, but he's made five or six cuts, Wesley Bryan. I'm going with a winner this year, holding a big old wine barrel with the best tan in golf, Stuart Sink. I'm going with a uh, former winner of the, I believe he's a former winner of the Quicken Loans National, Troy Merritt, who's made uh, two top 10, 16 out of 26 at a cheap $7,300. I'm going with Henrik Norlander, Euro. And then I'm going, I'm pulling, I'm pulling a track man here to hit that three wood in the wind, little Henrik Stenson. <laughs> Oh, Henry. Hell yeah. in the middle. And then here's my sleeper of the week. That's my that's my sweet. This guy's a sleeper of the week. Sleeper of the week. Ramses Hogard. He's made had six top tens, eight of 15 cuts. He's my sleeper pick of the week. Eighty eight hundred dollars. He's a sleeper. A lot of people don't know about him. He's 8, also hundred. It's a little. Eight, 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 you know what? Though? He's a, a sleeper. He's a sleeper because he doesn't play on the PGA Tour. He's currently ranked number ten. In the race to Dubai, he's. You've been on that race to Dubai because you had some interesting content for later. I did have some interesting content. Um, but 
On that note, um, if Mr. Moonshine could edit your picks out of this podcast, I'd greatly <laughs> appreciate it because that sounded like garbage. Three euros, though. Hey, Three I euros. do. I do like Norlander. Sink. I was about to pick him, but I he, like Sink. I like been Sink. A little That's off. The only one. He's been a little off. Um, I was looking back at some of his last finishes, and he hasn't been quite as hot, except for like one tournament this fall. But so my picks of the week. And your boy Moonshine, I got I got some confidence this week. I did more research. I'm trying to get back on my game. I got to get back up on top of track man in the rankings here. So starting off at the top, we got Zalatorres. How can you not pick him for a pick here? I mean, the dude is top of the corn fairy. He's top 10 and I think all events except for one this year. I mean, the dude is on his game right now. He's Love the that number, pick. number one ball striker, and I think he's the number one putter on the corn ferry. So, I mean, he's also the second most expensive in DraftKings. Yeah, but, but I mean, I love the pick. I love the I mean, pick. You, I can't wait to hear the rest of them. I mean, thankfully, Danny Lee's not in the mix, but you know, I have to have a little some numbers in here. So, so uh, going with Adam Schink, Patrick Rogers, and your boy Lahiri. CC stats throws him out there, dude. You do. Everyone forgets about him, and I always forget about him. But every time I'm watching on a Saturday or something, he's in the mix. I mean, you got to give him a shot. Isn't he Tiger's boy? I don't know. Maybe. I think he's Tiger's boy. And then I can you I'm, imagine? Can you imagine me in Tiger's boy? Sorry, go on, Mark. So we got your boy Tan Lines, Stewart Sink. I agree with that pick. That's, that's solid. That's a great pick, I think, for the week. And then. My last sleeper. pick of the week, the sleeper, your old Russell Knox, the uh, Scottish boy, coming in at seventy six hundred. Russell can play some. He can play some golf. He can man. play some golf. He can play some golf. He had a ninth of the Safeway. He's always in in the mix in some of these random tournaments. I mean, I think on your bigger tournaments, he kind of doesn't show. But your Euro tournaments, and then sometimes on these lower event tournaments, he comes out of the mix, and he won't—he probably won't top ten, but he—he'd be someone I think could be somewhere in the first couple pages of the leaderboard. No, it's funny. Nobody. So, so my sleeper, I apologize, is Miss is Johnny Vegas. Just to, I didn't throw. This I thought about there. that too. Johnny Vegas could be. Nobody, uh, nobody took. The defending champion who shot 24 under and kind of kicked off the second part of his career, Brendan Todd. Nobody. Brendan Todd won last year and has kind of just moved forward and has had, I mean, over the past 12 months, look how well he's played. I mean, I didn't take him. I think I read a little bit that there might be a little breeze blowing down there and it might not suit his game a little bit. That's why I took some of the Euros. But, yeah, nobody took Brendan Todd. He uh, costs more than like John Rahm, um, Dustin John on like a normal. He's he he it's costs because, more than. That's because there's he's, not, some he, of the he, top guys aren't playing. I totally get it, but for eleven, what was it? Eleven two, eleven one. How much he costs? You can't take that out of my DraftKings lineup. I got plenty plenty of guys down low. We got sleepers, baby. Yeah, Brendan I'd rather. Todd, what are the odds, man? I'd rather the take. The, I'd rather take the L than take old Brendan Todd. Him and a stiff, stiff arm putting. I mean, I can't. <laughs> sometimes I can't. I can't go for these dudes that I just can't watch. I mean, yeah, that probably hurts me some weeks. And you know, occasionally I'll pick somebody that I don't like, like your boy Chubby Boy, Patrick Reed. But you know, I can't. I can't do Brendan Todd. 
No Especially no for that Patrick. much money. There ain't no picking Patrick Reed. I don't care what tournament. He could be playing in the tournament by himself, and I'll pick somebody else. Moonshine's going to sit down the first week of December and watch the race to Dubai, cheering for his chubby boy, pa- uh, Patrick Reed, to, who's number one in the race to Dubai, to pull it off. Zippy. No, I, dude, I I'm going to be cheering for my boy John Catlin, man. Let's go. Let's go. John Catlin, number 21 in the race to Dubai right now. Yep, and and John Catlin, I think everybody's got their money on over Mister Chubby Boy Patrick Reed. Yeah, man, he's coming up and got a couple new victories this year on the European Tour. We got an awesome interview with CC Stats and him coming up. Uh, it's great content. You're all gonna love it. You're all gonna be new fans of John Catlin. It's another American boy out on the European Tour grinding, trying to uh, to make a good living, work his way to the PGA Tour. So. You guys enjoy that. Um, and until next week, um, just follow us on Instagram at Shotgun Mulligan Pod or Mulligan Shotgun on the Twitter. Uh, keep listening. Keep giving us some criticism. We enjoy it every week. Um, just, just stay with us. Enjoy this content. Join John Catlin. Until next week, boys. Let's go. Let's go, boys. Hey, I'm here with John Catlin, who's on the European uh, tour. John, how are you today? I'm great. How are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good, man. Hey, I just want to kind of jump right in. You've had a, you've had a pretty successful year on the uh, European tour. Uh, just talk about the success you've had this year. Yeah, yeah, it's been a really, really nice year. It's uh, it's been nice to nice to get that first win, and you know, I've been working really, really hard towards it putting in putting in a lot of work over the last five or six years with my with my coach so to get that first win was huge and I think it really helped me in that second win to have the confidence coming down the stretch to you know at least settle the settle the settle the nerves a little bit I mean I'm still still going to be nervous and that's a part of part of competition but definitely gave me a little bit more calm and I was able to execute some good shots down the stretch there and get the get the job done. Yeah, I mean, just looking at, I was looking at the, uh, you're up to 91st in the, in the world, which is, that's awesome. Um, you've had a big jump, and I just think, just you've been pretty consistent all year long. Um, just, it's it's amazing to see. Thank you. Uh, so just kind of going off that, what's it, I know the European tour can be a little bit of a grind, uh, country to country. What's it like on the European tour? Um, different venues, different countries, some bigger, some smaller? Yeah, it's uh it's really really cool experience being able to travel travel all over the world and see places I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to go if it wasn't for playing on the European tour and um you know, I think that the I think that the European tour does a great job of you know, finding finding great great sponsors for these events and getting getting everything sorted and making sure we're well looked after and you know, uh it's uh it's an it's an amazing experience. Do you think? Um, obviously, it's a little bit different now with COVID nineteen. Um, how's the European tour kind of handled that, and what have what have they done to kind of ensure the safety of the players and and uh, the staff that are working the events? They've done a great job with that. Um, you know, everyone everyone that's going to be on site for the week obviously has to get a COVID nineteen test right. once they show up, and they have to they have to. Unless they were at the previous tournament, they have to isolate until they receive their negative test. Then, uh, you know, once once they enter the enter the bubble, as they call it, uh, you know, there's 
their social social distancing guidelines and you know facial coverings inside and uh, hand sanitizing stations on every single tee box and a uh, few different things that the caddies have to do you know if if two guys are in a bunker uh, only only one caddy rakes it and then they go to the next tee and they sanitize and you know little little things like that that you know just help to uh, help to reduce the risk and I think that's why we've only had I think it's only been one one positive test uh, so far maybe two I can't remember that there was one or two but it's again that's such a low number with the number of people that are showing up every single week so I think they've done a really good job and the European tour has not allowed fans or have they no they haven't allowed fans the only thing that they did was 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 at Valderrama they allowed sponsors to come out and watch mm-hmm. um, and because it's, it's such a such a you know iconic historic event there's quite right. a few sponsors that were out there and I know that some of the fans might have gotten a little bit confused thinking that you know all these are spectators but it was a little different and uh you know I noticed that they were being good about you know staying staying six feet apart and uh, but sometimes that can be tough to pick up when you're watching on tv absolutely absolutely uh so I just I found this article and I don't know your uh your former high school Jesuit high school they did an article that came out I guess it was yesterday Mm -hmm. Um, and your coach talks about how you've always been a grinder um and how um you just you're all you're always he said you're always been very good you've always been a grinder you've had a strong work work ethic talk about how that's been a priority for you um just kind of over over the past five or six years or even back to high school yeah I mean it's I've always held myself to a very very high standard doesn't matter whether it's you know school work golf I played all kinds of sports growing up as a kid uh just always wanted to excel at whatever I was doing and uh, I knew that if I was going to excel, I was going to have to put in the work. You know, there's no, there's no shortcuts to success in any, uh, any adventure you do in life. And whether it's, you know, sports or business or whatever, whatever you might choose. And uh, so I think it just kind of started when I was young and, you know, it's carried on. Uh, my coach now, Noah, he kind of took it to another level. He showed me, he showed me a lot more information different ways to practice and uh that kind of re re-motivated me and you know i was seeing myself getting better at such a rapid pace uh i think that really really helped me to uh you know push my work ethic to a whole nother level and i think that's part of why i'm seeing seeing these seeing these results uh you know since we've been working together i've had nine wins and uh yeah so again it's it started when i was young but it's kind of you know, developed as I've gone on in my career. I like what you said there, uh, no shortcut to success. I'm going to have to uh, write that one down and, and tell my nine-year-old that one. So yeah, um, absolutely. Well, and I like to, I think what you said too, you know, kids, kids that are up and coming that might be a golfer, it's not just kind of limiting them to the one sport. I think trying to get them involved in a couple different activities to make them more of an all, all around um, athlete or whatever. So, um, but yeah, so I, you talked about t- playing on the European tour. What about playing overseas, the Asian tours? I know you've kind of been, you've been over there over the past uh, four or five years um, in the Asian mm-hmm. development tours. What's, what's it been like over there? It's great. Um, you know, I think it, uh, for, for me, it was really good. It kind of took me out of my comfort zone. Uh, I learned how to handle things on my own without, you know, family or friends and had to make new friends and, 
learn new systems and play different golf courses. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's one of the cool things about the Asian tour is just, we play such a, such a, such a variety of golf courses. Right. Uh, you know, one week the greens could be 13 and Poa or bent. And then the next week you go they're eight and a half and the Bermuda. <laughs> and so you just, you learn how to play on all different types of golf courses and conditions. And, um, you know, I think that's, I think that's how you really find out who, who the best players are is, you know, who can play on everything, you know, it's not just winning here. It's, you know, can you win in Korea? And then can you win in Taiwan? Then can you win in Thailand? Then can you win in India? And, uh, you know, all these different circumstances. And I think that's one thing that really helped me is being able to travel to all these countries and play these different golf courses and, you know, handle the, handle the travel of, you know, going from one country to another country pretty much every single week and right. getting comfortable with that. And, uh, I think it's given me a lot of confidence being able to handle that to, you know, Hey, I can, I can do it over there. I can pretty much do it anywhere. Exactly. Exactly. What made you choose to um, go to the Asian development tour as opposed to staying here in the U S and kind of working your way up here? Uh, my coach was a big factor in going to the Asian tour. He actually kind of suggested it. Mm -hmm. uh, I was definitely skeptical at first. Didn't know much about it. Right. Um, kind of looked into it more and realized the realized the pros that were definitely a you know a factor you know the the cost effectiveness of it you know being able to kind of go over and grow up as an individual and be on my own and it, it it as I looked into it more and more it became more of an appealing option but yeah my coach was the one that actually originally suggested it nice well he sounds like the guy you want to keep around for a while he's he's made some good yep. suggestions so far he's so. made he's made he's made a lot of good suggestions so um, one of the other guys that's on the podcast, he told me to ask this question. He goes, what's it like to be sponsored by a beer company? <laughs> uh, it's great. It's great to be a part of the Singha, Singha family. Uh, you know, they, they brought me on two years ago and they've been, they've been great to me. Uh, you know, from day one, this guy, Jay, who's the guy who pretty much brought me on. Uh, he's just a world-class human being. Uh, you know, we go out and play golf together whenever I'm back in Thailand and, He's just, you know, he, he took, he took an interest in me from, from the start. He was like, you know, John, I, I, I'm very interested in your career. And obviously we get, you know, thousands of applications to become a part of the Singha family. And so I can't, you know, I can't guarantee anything, but I'm, you know, I'm obviously going to be looking, looking out for you. And, you know, he was, he was, he was true to his word on that. You know, he would, he would send me congratulatory, you know, messages after a good finish or even after a win and, it just kind of grew and grew and grew. And, you know, I, uh, I've still, I still remember the call I got when they had actually officially announced it. I was walking down the fairway in Taiwan and my phone goes off and I was like, well, this is weird. I'm walking down a practice round. You know, it, I think it was middle of the night in the U S. And so I was like, well, it's no one, no one back home's giving me a call. <laughs> I look down and it's Jay and he uh, he's like, John, I got some good news. And I'm like, what is it? He's like, well, welcome to the Singha family. And I just, I was like, I was over the moon. Like, That's it's awesome. Just, it's, it's such a great, great group of people to be a part of. Nice. Nice. Looking at the European, uh, the race to Dubai, I mean, you're 21st right now. I mean, look, some of the guys are that are ahead of you. I mean, there's some big names up there. Um, I see a couple guys that are, I know, um, younger guys, Sam Horsfield, um, uh, I actually got to – Sam Horsfield played here 
literally right up the street in the 2013 amateur pub links. And man, that kid's got oh, some nice. game. That was when he was a yes. uh, 16 years old. Um, mm-hmm. But um, just looking at some of the guys on here, I mean, what's, what's your ultimate goal with this year in the race to Dubai? Uh, I mean, you know, you want to give yourself a chance to win it. If you go into that final event and, you know, you, you take care of business, you win the event, you give yourself a chance to win the race to Dubai. I think if you're in the top 20, 25, and, uh, you know, I've been able to put myself in that position and, you know, you never know, you never know when, when you're going to win, when you're going to get hot, when things are going to kind of click, but having that opportunity is, you know, all I can really ask of myself. And I'm going to be, going to be fully, fully prepared mentally, physically, all of that to, uh, give it my best chance and, you know, have a chance going to the back nine on Sunday. There you go. There you go. What, um, uh, what, for people in the U.S. that might just focus solely on the PGA Tour and watching the PGA Tour Thursday through Sunday, what right. would you tell them about, hey, maybe give the European Tour a chance and kind of look at some of the guys that are out there? I mean, I know you're obviously there, and there's guys I know Brooks Kepka's played on the European Tour when he was coming up. What, what would you tell somebody that's listening to our podcast, like, hey, you know, kind of look out for, cause for some of these guys that are coming up to, that you might not see that are on the uh, Corn Ferry or the PGA Tour? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first off, I think it's I think it's a great opportunity, kind of like I was saying earlier for me going over to the Asian tour. I think you can learn a lot about yourself when you get outside your comfort zone and kind of have to make your own decisions and deal with the consequences of those decisions. Uh, and but, you know, there's so much there's so much talent in Europe. Uh, I've been, you know, fortunate enough to play with a lot of those guys out there. And as you had mentioned, Brooks kind of paved that path. And right. Um, but you know, you get guys, you guys like Kyrdek, you know, Kyrdek started on the Asian tour, won a co-sanctioned event with the Asian tour and European tour. Then he won, I think, I think he's won a couple more times, maybe three or four more times, got himself on the top 50 in the world, played the limited schedule on the PGA tour because of being top 50 in the world. I think he got his, I think it's like 12 starts or 16 starts, something like that. Mm -hmm. Made enough money in those starts to earn a full PGA tour card. And, you know, he's still out there doing his thing, right? Uh, you know, guys like that. And, uh, but, you know, up and coming, I mean, Sam's a great player. I mean, you don't win twice. And I think he went win, might've missed the cut of the next one and then win again. Right. Uh, you know, I, that's, that's obviously uh, showing that he can, you know, really get hot and dominate tournaments and, um, you know, there's, there's, there's so many guys and, you know, if they, if they really wanted to, you know, some guys like being in Europe, but you know, if they wanted to give the PGA tour a try, they could, they could fully compete and they could win. I mean, it's uh, you know, the European tour is in my opinion, very, very close second to the PGA tour. And I would think the only real thing that really separates it is just prize money. Right. As far as, you know, the ability of the guys that play week in and week out on the European tour, I think it's very, very comparable. Right. I think one thing, too, we were actually chatting about this the other day, that the European tour, I think, does a really good job of, and not to say that the PJ tour doesn't, is kind of the, the fun atmosphere they make in some of the other events, um, other than just stroke play events um, that they put out there. Um, what, what do you think on that? Yeah, I think that's a really cool thing. Uh, I mean, it's the only tour I know of 
unfortunately the event doesn't happen anymore i think because of sponsorship dollars but that super six they had in australia right i always thought that that was a really i think that's a really cool format and i think it's a way to kind of get people a little more intrigued in golf i know golf can be a little slow for the average public you know exactly. it starts you know saturday sunday the coverage is seven hours i mean that's a long time for <laughs> someone to sit down and watch and you know i mean the final groups are going to take four and a half hours to play right and, you know, I mean, if it's back and forth, right, if, you know, guys are within a shot or two of each other, then, then, then it's fun to watch. But you get those events where guys are winning by seven or eight and people are turning it off at, you know, the halfway point. Right. And, uh, but, you know, on those super six, I mean, it's like every hour and a half it's changing up and, you know, we got new people and, you know, we're, we're you know, kind of working our way towards, towards a winner and it's very much a do or die situation. Right. And uh, I always thought that was a really, really cool format and, um, you know, they got a few other match play events that they've had over the years, but, uh, yeah, I always thought that super six is something that, you know, the PGA tour could kind of, kind of look into. And, uh, I just think that'd be really good for viewership. Absolutely. And I think I, we were, were saying the other day, you know, the PGA is PGA tour has shown more of the little nine hole charity things on Wednesdays, you know, obviously since there's no pro-ams this year. And I think more, I think that's kind of getting people to tune in, but I think they could, in my opinion, I think they could liven that up a little bit, make it a little bit funner um, or more fun. Um, doesn't have to be mat like the match worthy um, that's coming up, but uh, you know, just something a little right. bit different. So, uh, so I, I, I'm going to ask this question. I kind of already know the answer, but what do you feel or how do you feel it's important to give back to the game? And, and if so, how do you do that? Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's important. Um, you know, you got to find ways to make what you do, affect other people and I think that's when you can really you know gather greater meaning from what you're doing you know it's great to win but if you can find ways to help other people along I think that's uh, I think that's great uh, you know for me I like to I like to help out some of the people that are younger that are kind of trying to follow in my footsteps uh, you know it's it's the little you know if someone's like hey can I can I call you I got you know I got got questions about the Asian tour. I got questions about Europe. I got questions about how you did this or, you know, just, just taking the time to answer those questions and be honest. And, you know, if there's something small I can do to help them or point them in the right direction or things like that, I think that, I think that can go a long way. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of what people did for me when I was trying to figure it all out, you know, five, six years ago, where should I go? You know, when coach suggested the Asian tour, I contacted some of the guys that were playing out there and, they were nice enough to answer my questions and kind of ease some of the tension that I had about going over. And, uh, so, you know, I think, I think little things like that. And then, you know, when, when there's an opportunity to help a, help a junior golfer that, you know, looks up to you and contacts you and is like, Hey, you know, what advice would you have for me? I think those are great opportunities as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. We had, uh, we had uh, coach John Howell is the assistant coach at Alabama on a couple of weeks ago. And it was really cool for him to, he was talking, we were talking about some of the guys that are on tour that went to Alabama and how do they give back. And, you know, hearing that, you know, some of the younger guys that have just come on tour and how they, you know, might go play a practice round with them or, Hey, fly with me and things like that to kind of exactly what you said, kind of giving them the ins and outs of how to make it on the daily grind. Um, it was kind of cool to hear. Right. And, and obviously cool to hear what you're saying as well. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a, uh... I think it's an important part. I think it's definitely something that I enjoy doing. 
Nice. So what's, what's next? What's, uh, what's on tap tournament wise for you? Dubai, the season ending event, uh, December. So I'm going to, uh, you know, I was, I was kind of go, go, go there for about three and a half months. And so I came back home and, uh, I've actually taken two and a half weeks off of golf completely, you know, clubs nice. have been up and spending time with family and friends and just kind of recharging the batteries and I'll start again, uh, probably Thursday of this week. Uh, you know, I'm basically a month out from when I'm going to be traveling, give myself a full solid month of prep work and get myself fully, fully, fully ready to give it everything I've got. Uh, yeah, we'll just see what happens, but that's what I got coming up. What are your goals? What, what do you see for the 2021, uh, uh, I was going to say school year. What do you see for the 2021, uh, season for you? I want to try and crack that top 50 in the world, you know, kind of similar to what Kiradek did. I mean, that's, uh, I think that opens up a lot of doors. You get into all the majors, you get into all the WGCs, you can start getting sponsors exemptions into PGA tour events. You know, if I could get that limited schedule like Kiradek got, you know, Mm -hmm. that that number of starts, I think I could give myself a really good chance to put my way onto the PGA tour, which has been my, it's been my goal since I was 12 years old. Right. Right. What do you think? I know, you know, we have, uh, we're almost two weeks out with a fall masters. What's your take on a fall master? What do you think that's going to be like? I think it's going to be awesome. And the best part about it is that it ends, ends on my 30th birthday. So <laughs> Even better. That'll be, <laughs> so that'll be, that'll be, that'll be fun to watch for sure. Uh, yeah. But you know, I was, after I won Irish open, I kind of thought I had a, you know, a, a very small chance of getting a special, a special exemption. And, that was something that I was really excited about. And, you know, it, I didn't get it, which is fine. And I obviously understand, you know, it's difficult to get into that event, but that kind of, that kind of spurred me on a little bit, gave me a little bit of motivation to try and see if I can crack that top 50 and guarantee myself a spot in. Angle that care a little bit more. Exactly. Well, John, I want to thank you for coming on uh, the podcast today. We wish you well. And uh, the boys and I are going to definitely, uh, we'll be following you and good luck to you here at the, uh, for the, with the race to Dubai. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me on. All right, John. Thank you. Good luck to you.